Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, or welcome if you're just joining the program. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me on Crosswalk with Gino Geraci. It is, of course, the program um, with you in mind, where we ask and we answer the questions that you care the most about, questions about God and the historical Jesus, questions about the Bible, and happy to take questions about Jesus, whether we're talking about his identity, his existence, um, whether we're talking about what he did, um, those are all questions that I'm I'm happy to try and talk about. And again, why Jesus is important to us. Like, you know, again, did Jesus claim to be the only way a person could know God? Remember earlier I said no one has seen God at any time, but Jesus has revealed him. In what way has Jesus revealed him? Can you actually know God but not know Jesus? Now, I know that this is politically incorrect because there are so many people who might be listening, thinking, how could you say something so outrageous? When Jesus came to to the earth, he made claims about himself. And again, if you'd like to join me on the program, 303-873-1935, 303-873-1935. When Jesus came to earth, he said things about himself. And one thing that he claimed was that he himself was the only way in which a person could have a right relationship with God, that he was the only way that you could have access to the one true God. And there are many who who don't like that assertion because it seems so narrow-minded. Others try to deny that Jesus said that, or that he meant that part of the problem with that argument is that the record is clear. Now, again, a person might say, well, convince me, convince me. Jesus made the colossal claim that nobody could know the living God except through him. In John chapter eight, verse 24, he told the religious leaders, the Jewish people. And remember, these are people who believe in God and certainly are religious. He said in John chapter 8, verse 24, if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. (coughs) Excuse me. To those in the upper room, he said in John fourteen six again, when he's getting ready to leave, he says, I'm the way, 
and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. At another time, Jesus said um, in John chapter 5, verses 24 and 25, (coughs) excuse me, cough is coming back. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. How how unbelievable is that statement? When he says the term most assuredly, it's an idiomatic expression, which is sometimes translated verily, verily, or the truth, the truth. So in, in a very real sense, when Jesus says most assuredly, it isn't to contrast with what he said earlier that that may may not be true, but he's he's saying this to emphasize the truthfulness of what he's saying. He who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but is passed from death into life. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming. And now is when the dead will hear the voice of the son of God and those who hear will live. That's John 5, 24 and 25. When he says the dead will hear the voice of the son of God, is he talking about those who are dead in trespasses and sins? Is he talking about those who are literally dead, like physically, anatomically, biologically gone, but that Jesus has something to say, and that when he says it, some people will come back to life? 303-873-1935, Let's see who's up. Tim, welcome to the program. Hello, Gino. Uh, hey, Tim, I was talking about Fort Collins earlier in the program. Yeah, well, I didn't catch that part, but... Um, I was talking about the sign at CSU. Ah, uh, okay. Well, um, Fort Collins is part of Colorado, and so yeah. uh, we hear you up here. Yes. Um, so, interesting, you were talking about the voice uh, just, Jesus. just a moment ago. Yeah. And so um, my question has to do with the idea of continuing revelation. Um, So first of all, what is your understanding of there being continuing revelation from God beyond the scriptures? And then the uh, uh, sort of secondarily, or part of this is, uh, would you say that God still speaks to people today? And if so... If God speaks, then his word would be authoritative. How would that not be equal with Scripture? Yeah, that's a good question. Because, again, there's a couple of different ways of thinking about your question. And it goes to the heart of the other thing about continuationism. And so does that mean that all, all that God says, is that a continuing revelation? And the way that I would, I would characterize it is that there really is such a thing as a quality of revelation. In my view, there's such a thing as general revelation. In other words, 
in in the book of Romans, Paul argues does does your cre- does creation and conscience that you see all around you does the physical manifestation of reality does that have something to say? In other words, is that God speaking? Sure, sure. And remember in, in the, the Old Testament where it says the heavens declare the, the glory. Day unto day, night unto night utters speech. And so do, are the Old Testament writers suggesting that reality, and I, by, by reality I'm using the term nature, whether it's the sun, the moon, the stars, the, the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. So in my view, general revelation says something about God. Does it say something about God with precision? I'm going to suggest to you it doesn't say stuff about God with precision like the Bible does. And and so remember the writer of Hebrews says God spoke in times past to the prophets, but he has in these last days spoken to us by his own dear son. Right. Now, to uh, 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 if you don't mind holding, sure. the short answer is going to be God spoke to people audibly, didn't he? In Exodus, Joshua, Judges, 1 Samuel, the list goes on and on. In the New Testament, after the resurrection of Jesus, does God speak audibly? Yes, in Acts chapter 8, verse 26. It says, An angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise, go toward the south to the road, and down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So, at least at that point, God spoke. But you hold on, and I'll have a little bit more to say when we come back, okay? Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Gino Geraci. So glad you could join me. Numbers 303-873-1935. We're talking with Tim. And Tim, I want, I want to make sure that I want to separate uh, a couple of the questions that you ask into two different categories, okay? Sure. And, and, I'm, and just to let you know, my question has to do with special revelation, not general revelation. Right. And, and so, in spe- yeah, uh, so obviously I believe in general revelation as well as special revelation. Mm-hmm. But in special revelation, there's two components in my view. The first, does God still speak to us today? Okay. Does God speak? Um, my, my view is whether you're a continuationist or a secessionist, I think many people would argue that God speaks, obviously, by the Bible. Um, does, does the Bible actually contain the speech of God? And I'm thinking that the answer is yes. Now, in the speech of God, did God speak audibly to people? The answer is yes, but is that the exception or is it the rule? I think most people would argue is it's the exception. It is not the rule. And I can state unequivocally, for me anyway, that I have never, ever heard an audible voice that claimed to be God, okay? So... So does that mean, what about an inner voice or a mental impression? Um, Does God speak? I'm going to suggest to you that I'm one of those people who believe that God does, in fact, speak, that he speaks through his word, that what the writer of Hebrews said, he has in these last days spoken to us by his own dear son, and that what the dear son has said, that there's a reliable corpus of information that you and I call the Bible. Now, so in in that sense, does that speech um, constitute 
special revelation, I'm going to suggest to you, not necessarily. Does God speak to us by arranging circumstances? I think so. Does God give us the ability to discern right from wrong in our conscience? Yes. But does our um, analysis and uh, conclusion about right and wrong as it's been filtered through our conscience constitute special revelation? I don't think so. Is it possible that God can speak to someone audibly? I personally think it is possible, but I also think it's doubtful and that the number of people who claim that it's happening aren't reliable in their testimony that they've heard directly from God. Um, so, but this, uh, back to the special revelation then, um, and that is, this idea of continuationism, um, which I think is different from special revelation. Continuationism is the belief that spiritual gifts, including healing tongues, miracles, are still in operation. So a continuationist believes that spiritual gifts have continued. So is that different from secessionism, which teaches, you know, that these certain things have have uh, ceased, but also back to your original question, is there some evidence that special revelation um, provides um, a a new body of of sacred information, like Islam claims that, that Muhammad is their prophet and that he is the last prophet? My view is no, there, there is not ongoing scripture. Now, when I use the term scripture and special revelation, I'm talking about a body of information that w- it comes from a reliable source, not just a reliable source, an apostolic source. In order for scripture to be scripture, it had to be an apostle or the close friend of an apostle. It had to be widely used in the church, and it had to be internally consistent. It had to be true. So certain things were accepted and certain things were rejected. So in my view, when people make claims, in my view, those claims have to be subordinated to the Bible. Not just subordinated, it has to be subordinated both to the Bible and the nature and the character of God. So if someone claims some sort of special revelation and it is inconsistent with what the Bible says, or it's inconsistent with the nature of God, in my view, it's to be rejected. And that's why the Bible says in first John chapter four, test the spirits, Mm -hmm. test the spirits to see whether or not they're from God. Well, why would you have to test the spirits if there's no information that's testable. In other words, I think what First John is basically saying is that people can make assertions about special revelation or having heard from God or whatever. And so in my view, First John is the, is the information that says, I'm willing to consider your claim, but I'm also going to test it against what the Bible says. And the, and the nature and the character of God. And if it fails the test, 
it's to be rejected. Well, uh, the, the, yeah, very, very helpful. Um, it, can I unpack this a little more? With sure. You or, okay. So, um, obviously, I just gave the brief overview of the question. So, I was not coming at it from the from the perspective of the continuationist secessionist uh, oh, okay. perspective. So, that was not uh, what was what was um, generating my my question. Okay. Um, but I understand that discussion, um, and. Uh, and so, and I would agree with you that if someone says that they've received some revelation, we want definitely we'd have to compare it with Scripture. What does the Scripture say? What is the character of God? Um, you know, what is that person's life? So on. Um, so let's say that some, uh, but, it, but it still comes back to this question: If God, if you communicate in writing, and you say you wrote a letter. Um, and you said, this is, you know, this is my final word on the subject, um, then um, that's probably not the best analogy. But, but I, I guess just I understand your point about God communicating to Philip throughout the, the, the New Testament after Jesus rose from the dead was that kind of communication. Now, I believe that was an angel that said that, not God himself, uh, as I recall the story in Acts 8, I think it is. So... Um, the, the thing is, if God communicates something, if he speaks, and, and I'm not talking about Romans 8 where it says those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So I'm not talking about the word led, I'm talking about the word speaks. It's very specific here. Sure. So if, if, if God speaks, then my thinking is that everything God speaks would be authoritative. Now, obviously, a lot has been written in Scripture. Sometimes he said, uh, you know, told people specifically what to write other other times he uh, you know inspired say Paul or Peter or whoever wrote the, say the, the scriptures so if God is still speaking today then if a if that if someone claimed that and said and said I you know the, the Lord spoke to me sure. and so on and it did not violate scripture we're still aren't we still saying that that word from God is just as authoritative as Scripture, and thus we are allowing there to be an open Scripture, an open communication from God that's just as authoritative as Scripture that we would See, say. See, and, and the way I, I think of the way I would answer your question is, we don't have to abandon God's ability to reveal Himself in a miraculous yeah. way. No, not talking and then about ca- that. And then categorize that mm-hmm. as a special revelation. Okay. In other words. In a sense, special revelation includes a physical appearance of God, a dream, a vision, but more importantly, the written word of God, and even more importantly, the person of Jesus. So, in what, so again, to your point, which Muslims and Mormons point to, that there is ongoing revelation and that they've received it. My own view is that's not possible. That type of special revelation is not possible. But you, yeah, well, yeah, now we go back to that thing called the body of Christ. How do we characterize that? You hold on. Hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having a fascinating conversation with Tim and Fort Collins about, well, about the implications of uh, special revelation. And the, the way that I would characterize 
um, the argument, it, at least for me. And I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or reframe the argument. But, but the way that I think about it is, again, there's a difference between God speaking and being understood and the idea of an open or closed canon of Scripture in this, in this sense— like I was, I was trying to get at, Tim, that a closed canon implies that other religious books that, that purport to be inspired by God have to be rejected. But again, to your point, I think, and you correct me if I'm wrong, a closed canon also implies that there's no such thing as apostles or prophets who are receiving new messages from God. So I don't mean that there's no such thing as an apostolic office or a prof- or, or excuse me an apostolic gift or a prophetic gift but what i'm talking about is a person who claims that they're receiving messages from god and that this revelation or claim is divinely inspired and it goes to the heart of what you're talking about that assumes authority on a par with the bible in my view that is something that leads people astray. And so when people say, I'm a prophet or I'm an apostle, so what, what exactly are you claiming? I hear from God. And what is God telling you? He's telling me and then fill in the blank, okay? And then it becomes clear that what that person is saying is clearly inconsistent with the revelation of God in the Bible and the person of Christ and the character of God. So, so does this mean that there's no such thing as speech from God? Does this mean that there's no such thing as a dream or a vision? Does this mean that God doesn't in fact speak to anyone under any circumstance? Does this mean that we have to judge every single person who says, God told me this? Are you there? Yes. Hello. I I lost you there. God, last thing I heard you say was God told me and then you went off. Well, again, for the person who says, God spoke to me. Do do we just simply become dismissive of that statement, or is it possible that God can, in fact, speak to people? Well, and I think that's the, the question, and I'm willing to set aside the other religions. I'm talking about Orthodox Christians right. uh, or Christianity, um, people who, you know, I mean, John 17 says that, uh, when Jesus prayed his high priestly prayer, that eternal life is that they may know you, the one true God in Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So eternal life is not really t- about the destination, in my view, um, as much as it is about the relationship with God that will continue on into eternity. Right. That's John seventeen so, three. What you're saying yeah. is exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So, that, so then the, the be- it begs the question, a relationship involves... You know, for one, a relationship to grow involves communication. So, does is and maybe this partly comes back to the 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 reformational idea of sola scriptura, where which I don't take as the only thing we ever look at is the Bible, but it is the foundation for all belief and practice. But remember, there are there are other solas like fide, and there's also yeah. uh, yes. Christus. Now, sure. the way that I would put it is just like what you just said. 
does the Bible teach that you can have fellowship with God and a relationship with God? Philippians 2. Yeah. So if an when I use the term communication, I'm going to use a two-word definition for that one-word communication, okay? Mm-hmm. To me, communication in part must mean shared understanding. In other words, it isn't just simply that I get to speak or that God gets to speak, but that God speaks and I understand, and I speak and God understands. Now, clearly, it's not possible for us to, quote-unquote, speak and God not understand. God God is incapable of misunderstanding. Agreed. In Proverbs chapter 30, it says, Every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he'll rebuke you and prove you a liar. So the way that I would answer your question is, is it possible that God can, in fact, speak to people? I think the answer is yes. But does that mean that people sometimes make up, pretend, falsify, or the speech or the communication, just like in a friendship or a relationship, isn't actually the product of a real conversation, but is the product of a person's imagination? Well, I would say that... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I thought you were done. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. What I'm trying. What I'm trying to say is, I'm not willing to abandon the view that God speaks personally. And okay, all right. All or right. that, That's fair. but That's here's fair. what I'm also not willing to do: that whatever I concede or conceive constitutes God's speech to me. Mm-hmm. To elevate it to Scripture or special revelation, is inappropriate. It's inappropriate because, again, to me, the only inerrant special revelation is the Bible itself. Okay, all right. I mean, I I would agree that God could speak to you, me, through... Or anybody. Even an unbeliever, like he did with Nebuchadnezzar, or, or... or whatever, or, you know, or Abimelech. Remember when Abraham goes down to Egypt and he takes Sarah, his right. wife, and uh, the Lord appears to this unbelieving king in a dream, and he says, you're a dead man. Right, but, that, but, but in that case, the, the canon of Scripture is not closed in anything that's written through Scripture. So I'm talking about Correct. post-canon. So right. I would certainly agree that, if, that uh, through reading, studying, teaching, preaching, God can communicate to us. So I guess that, that uh, this is helping me narrow down my question. Uh, and, and, uh, so here, I, here. and again, no, I'm, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but no. I, I want you to just consider this for a moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does a closed canon mean that God has ceased to reveal himself and no longer speaks? If so, so that so then I would have to ask the question: If God ever speaks, is it authoritative? In other words, at what time, at, at what point can we say that God speaking to someone? Now, again, not Romans eight fourteen in leading. God speaking to someone would not. When would His words not be as authoritative 
Or how would we say they're not as authoritative as Scripture now? What would be the, the, the logical or biblical reason? Okay, the biblical reason... Not, the, a, not the, as authoritative now right, as they were the back The biblical then. reason I would offer is in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. When, so, so, in my view, mm-hmm. there is no new revelation of truth outside of what's already been revealed in the Bible to the church. Now, by truth, I mean communication by God that pertains to salvation. I'm not suggesting, you know, that the table of elements is false or, or, or that radiation isn't real or that the sun isn't 93 million miles away. Right, I understand that. Right. In Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence. I I believe God has placed in the closed canon of Scripture everything that we need to know about himself, about who we are, how we're to live, and what happens in the future. And in that closed canon is an invitation for friendship, fellowship, and relationship. And it has to be meaningful. It's not friendship, fellowship, and relationship that's not meaningful or absurd. All right, well, I appreciate your time. There's still... Um, yeah, I got to get... Yeah, hey, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 303-873-1935. 303-873-1935. That's the number. Had a great, interesting conversation with Tim. Happy to have those kinds of conversations. 303-873-1935. That's the number if you want to join me on the program. Um, You know, Jude, which is one of the last books to be included in the canon of Scripture before it was closed, said, quote, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, or another translation, the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. The words, the faith, in that passage, I'm going to suggest to you, refers to the sum and the substance of the revelation that's given in the Bible and in the New Testament It's a reference to the sum of what Christians believe, all of the apostles' teachings, or the whole body of Christian belief. In other words, everything we believe in the Christian faith has already been delivered, revealed to the saints, through apostles and prophets, through the scriptures. God has given us a final and complete body of knowledge for living the Christian faith. Now, it's a different thing to, to, not, to now ask the question, does living the Christian faith mean that God is silent? I don't think that the answer is yes. In other words, I don't think God is silent. I think God speaks. And so it's a different question of what the Christian walk is to be like, or what is the Christian life supposed to be like? Um, Kevin, welcome to the program. Gino, it's good to hear you. Uh, I, I have to comment on this, does God speak? 
I'm going to let your listeners, which are many, <laughs> and you, and you judge, does God speak? I have had people tell me I should write a book, you know, <laughs> about my coming out of homosexuality and God uh-huh. speaking. I'm going to give you two illustrations. My sister and I, when I got here, when I got here from Colorado, I said this about 12 years ago. We were in Colorado Springs on Academy Boulevard, and there's a coffee shop. But anyway, we did not have any money at the time. And I really prayed from my heart, not stupid or idiotic. I just said, Lord Jesus, we don't have any money. We're going through a hard time right now. Oh, Lord, I just I need some money. Gino, as God is my judge, take your yays for yays, nays for nays. A $20 bill hit my windshield as we were driving down Academy Boulevard. <laughs> and I I'm serious, Gino. This really happened. Now, no, no, no. I'm this. not laughing that it, yeah. that it really happened. What I'm yeah. laughing at is how we ask and answer that question. In what yeah. way you does know, God speak? In other words, you didn't hear you didn't hear an audible voice that said, Kevin, I'm going to send a $20 bill and it's going to land exactly. on your windshield. Yep. And you know what we found out, Gino, days later? There had been an accident on one of the main roads. So I'm thinking... Maybe that's why. Maybe, you know, wow. the, but I got the $20 bill. And um, another thing was when, um, oh, uh, I was, uh, I asked the Lord for rain in Phoenix, Arizona. Now, you, do you know the, the um, weather in Phoenix? Do you know the, uh, how it is down there, how hot it is, and it's dry? Sure. sure. Okay. All right. You ready for this, Gino? This is 30 years ago, and I was having trouble, certain problems, and my parents were in Phoenix, and I went down there. And I didn't know what to do. I just was beside myself. I said, Lord Jesus, if you can hear the words that come out of my mouth in your ear, and you are truly, truly listening to me, I want you to do something it is not going to do. I want you to make it rain. I turned the KDA, I forget the name of the call letters, but KPHO, I believe it is in Phoenix. And I even know the meteorologist's name, Ed Phillips. And I, say, and I said, Lord, I want you to make it rain because it's 4.30 in the afternoon. It is not going to rain. I've watched all the TV stations. No rain, no low pressure, no reason, rhyme, no wind for, for, to rain. And it, and it, and it wasn't going to. I know that. That's why I asked the question. I asked the Lord. I said, make it rain before 12. And I said, if it does, if I become a paraplegic, a quadriplegic, I will never doubt that you are hearing my voice, that you are truly the God of gods, the Lord of lords, and the King of kings. I'll never doubt you what happens to my life, Jesus. <laughs> and um, I, I, then I turned the radio on. I wanted every weather forecast I could get because I, I really begged. I threw the Bible on the floor. I stood on it. I said, Lord, I need to hear from you. Are you hearing me? And um, I fell asleep about 6.30. I woke up 20 minutes of 9, and Gino, it was pouring rain, thundering and lightning. <laughs> and it was not forecast at all. Here's the coup de grace. And y'all can think I'm a liar or a weirdo making this up. No way. I'll give an answer to this. At the next morning, my sister and I were driving, and meteorologist, that's why I know his name, Ed Phillips said, we as meteorologists, have no explanation why it rained. We <laughs> forecasted dry. And I'm telling you, Gino, this, and he's still alive. I can remember it was December, and it rained like a son of a gun, and it poured. It only lasted five minutes. And you know what meteorologist Ed Phillips said? Suddenly a storm developed over the Valley of the Sun, and it poured. 
My case is closed. Gino, I love you. I will continue to listen to you. Hey, Bye-bye. thanks. 303-873-1935. Beth, let's see if we can sneak you in. Beth, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gina. Thank you very much, Gino. Um, yeah, I was listening to you and Tim and a very interesting conversation. And actually, I think I know Tim. I think we're in the same Sunday school class here in very Fort cool. Collins. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think there is um, a real confusion about this hearing um, from God, you know, um, and almost an abuse of it, especially in evangelical Christianity. I mean, I hear it all the time from people. Yeah, I don't, I don't it, dispute what, what he said, I, or even what you say. Do, yeah, yeah. do people abuse this? So, so again, we're t- two issues. God speaking, and now what you've just brought up, hearing. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so I, I'm. You heard me earlier. I believe God does in fact yeah. speak. So, what you know? What does God say? And then, what do you and I hear? How? Yeah. So, yeah, that's a different issue. And 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 again, for the person who says, right. "I'm hearing from God," and God says it's okay for me to cheat on my wife, to rob the liquor store, um, mm-hmm. to and then fill in the blank with whatever. We have actually no, don't we? No, you're not hearing from God right. because God would never say that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, right. But it's even a little more. Um, yeah, it, it's almost. Uh, well, for example, on a, a talk show program this afternoon, there was a pastor prophet on. You know, making predictions about um, in the political arena. Sure. You know, God told me, and I've been hearing a lot of that lately. You know, a lot of these people are coming out. God told me this is going to happen next month politically, blah, blah, blah. And it's very confusing to people, but especially, you know, just regular people in the church saying, well, God, God, you know, God told me to do this. And it's right. And that's why I in First John four one it says test the spirits to see whether they're of God. So if a person who claims to be a prophet says, you know, the Lord spoke to me and said that Trump would be reelected, and and of course there were many people who said that, and you go, right. you go, will you resign from the ministry and never speak again if you prove to be a false prophet? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of people are getting sucked into that. And when I first became a Christian, it was very um, disheartening for me when I was hearing all these people saying, you know, well, you know, well, God talks to you, and, you know, not audible, you know, sometimes right. audibly, you know, they're saying. And I'm just like, no, you know, what's wrong with me? So anyway, there's I, nothing I wrong with you. I'm a little any... out of control. <laughs> Call me back. Call me back. I'd love to have a further conversation with you. This is Gino Geraci. Thanks for joining me. The big question, of course, how do I hear from God? Well, maybe we'll talk about that on Tough Question Tuesday.